You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Welcome to the Palace of Megapixels. This is Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo! Welcome to Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host, Stephen White. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lacey Finley. Ah, oh, happy Monday. I feel like there was a lot that happened this week, but I can't think of a thing. <laughs> it you know? kind of feels like it. And then as I was going through stuff, I'm like, it's oh, like did, maybe not. Did something but happen? I don't know. Like, there's always something. <laughs> oh, there's always something. I mean, don't... There's always something. Don't forget, we, we there was a balloon that got shot down, so we're going to have to wait he to see... He did that. ...what happens. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'd play into the meme. He did uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's... I was watching the saga mm-hmm. over the weekend, just because uh, it was kind of funny to me, you know, that we're all like, a balloon! And I'm like, wait, what's what? going on? <laughs> yeah. Even but even my dad, he, I'm like, oh. he called me yesterday to ask for a favor and then just out of the blue brought up the balloon being shot down. I was like, yeah, I did kind of see something about it. And he's just going on about it. I was like, was this really that big? A I, balloon well, getting shot down? But I know I, that there's... I, mean, I don't know what they were trying to do, to be fair. Like, I didn't look super hard into it. So I don't know what they were trying, what info they were trying to get. But, you know, especially where it was located. But. Well, obviously with China, no, they weren't doing anything wrong. Oh, no. So. I mean, how it just, some kid lost it, dude. Sure. And it just happened to float all the way the hell over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely looked like a child's balloon. You know, just, it was a bad day at the at the fair. And uh, that an <laughs> F-15 had to shoot down. Yeah, an F-15 <laughs> had to shoot it down. We got a red one coming in. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe they were scared it was it. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I, I'm not wow, trying to make light. Out. It, I know. I don't. Honestly, I'll be completely honest. I didn't do as much of a deep dive into what it was. I actually allowed myself a little bit of a break this weekend as well. So it could have been major. And yeah. I'm going to live in ignorance bliss. Hey, I, I looked into it a little <laughs> bit and still could not come up with a... Because news cycles... I mean, I'm sure something nefarious was going on. Because why the hell would you send it over? But right. like... <laughs> But funny enough, it was where it was located. You would think, coming from China, it would have been on the West Coast. But from what I heard, it was shot down over the East Coast. Like over the Carolinas, right? Yeah. Or something like that? So... Unless we just didn't notice it as it was floating all past California and all of those That's true. States. That's true. And then it took getting to like the Southern states to be like, y'all see that up there? <laughs> so whatever they were trying to see, they saw the entire country... They got the whole country, guys. <laughs> so a little late now. Google Maps. They were just maps for us. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I did find it funny, too, as I was looking up stuff, because I don't really care to be on Twitter all that much. But uh, These days, yes. Yeah, I, I guess uh, Blazing Saddles got uh, recognized again. It was. Oh no, what now? Well, it's so old. Someone <laughs> put up a poll 
it's the usual, we see this every year or every couple of months or whatever. What movie could not be made today? And it's Blazing yeah. Saddles. That seemed That's to be the... probably true. To a point, but there were some people who were making some valid points otherwise, saying, no, 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 pay attention to what the movie is saying. And people would call it too woke now because it's but pointing, poking fun at the the idiots and <laughs> the yeah. ignorant Oh, no, for sure. But I just don't see a lot of nuanced conversations happening these days. It's like when someone clings to whatever it was they thought they were to be offended at, they will no longer take in new information because Mm. they'll just be like, nope, this thing. Nope, this thing. Nope. That's that's exactly how they meant it. You know, and it's just like, remember when words meant something? Mm hmm. No, the, and you could use them, and people understood its meaning. It didn't in- put all this inference on what it meant behind it. You know, no, I, I think I even heard something about that very conversation about nuance. And come of all people, <laughs> Bill Burr, I think brought it up. He was on a. He's good for pointing it out. Oh I yeah, tell oh yeah. They they were talking. I think he was on um, Dana Carvey and David Spade's podcast. Uh, yeah, that's a fun one, depending on who they get. And and that was, they, they were just talking about comedy in general and the nuances, but yet he seems to find this way where he can say things the right that, that people would be like, how can you say that? But he does it in such a way that it's hard to argue. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, kinds of shows you the moronic bits of it. And then you're like, I, I, oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, when you say it like that. <laughs> exactly. You know, you're like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, all right, yeah. I mean, I can, I, I, I mean, I'll, I think how he says it, the way he says it, and doesn't choose sides on either end, mm-hmm. that's the right way to do it. That's yeah. how you yeah. keep your audience, or at least I feel like you can. Well, and uh, there's plenty to pull from both. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real. There's plenty of material to pull from both sides. So. Mm-hmm. You're doing yourself a disservice by making fun of only one. Sure. Oh, absolutely. There's so much material on both. <laughs> hey, remember when Saturday Night Live used to do that to both sides? It used to be everyone, yeah. uh, Democrat or Republican, is a, <laughs> a joke. And they would be and caricatures. It, they, and it should be. Hmm. There's always something idiotic about something in, in both things. That, yeah, it just makes yeah. it so hard anymore. <laughs> you know? When yeah, you see the ridiculousness yeah. on one side more than the other, and you're like, God damn. Well, maybe I should play devil's advocate and be like, well, that's our algorithms showing us what we were supposed to meant to feed into the same idea. And sure. we're all being duped on who's really having the major conversations, mm-hmm. you know? No, that's fair. It'll feed it up to us. You click on one thing you like, and it'll be like, oh, you liked that? Here's some more. Mm-hmm. Here's some more that's just like it. Then before you know it, everyone says this. It's like, what? <laughs> I'm sure it happens to me. I'm sure. I'm sure we've all been algorithmed in somewhere. Oh, most definitely. And no. and speaking of, I haven't heard whether or not this has had any kind of uh, conversation about it being controversial. So I'm assuming it went over well or no one watched it, which... Oh. It's it's a shame because I, I found it to be entertaining. Uh, there was a new movie on Netflix. I think it came out two weeks ago. And it's called You People. And it stars Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I think I might have heard a little bit about it, but like nothing to know what the plot or anything is. Okay. Well, basically the simple premise of it is Jonah Hill is a guy who has a podcast. He's got 
and his podcasting buddy is a black woman and they just kind of talk about culture as a whole, race mm-hmm. culture, things like that. And he meets a woman, black woman, and they get into a relationship. And suddenly the it's kind of like the uh, guess who's coming to dinner situation where mm-hmm. now the parents have to meet and... Maybe one side's going to be a little bit more shocked at the pairing than the other side or something. Well, actually, it's both sides, and I appreciated that part of it. Because the, like, Eddie Murphy, he's, like, one of these... uh, Oh, he's in it, too? Did you say that? Yeah, I did. I I did. My brain went right over his name. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) He's, like, a... uh, What would be the right way? I don't want to say militant type, but, like, Malcolm X, you know... Black Power, okay. that kind of Louis Farrakhan was yeah an activist. Yeah, there you go. Mu- yeah, like very, go. very deep, deeply activist. rooted uh, in his ways. And then on the flip side, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Now, granted, there are two other parents, but mm-hmm. these two actors the are the ones, ones that are the ones that kind of step in it most. Mm-hmm. And Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, she's a Jewish mom who is trying too hard so she's always overstepping a boundary and she's one of those people which is the stereotype right oh yeah oh yeah so it's every conversation is like you know here's what i think of black culture is and it's like just don't just turn it turn it off don't just whatever you're thinking about saying shut it shut it because you're gonna just step right in it and you're gonna make it worse and then she does and she's like god damn it just stop and funny enough (laughs) That was when I watched that. I was like, "That is my mom," and what she does, where she'll think she's saying something, and then it just continues to expand. It's like, "Please, please rein it in. Just stop. Just stop. Please, 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 yeah. please. I know you mean well, but you're just yeah. you're 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 overreaching. So just yeah, rein it back in. Yeah, just stop about two sentences ago. Okay, yeah. thanks. <laughs> yeah. And what I love the most about it is the relationship felt genuine. With everybody, it felt awkward, which can happen. But they played both sides. It wasn't this side is worse than that side or or anything like that. They pointed out the, I guess, very much similar points that both parents were kind of doing to both of their kids where... Mm -hmm. They're either shunning them or overreaching or whatever it may be. So when everything kind of blows up midway through, as most romantic comedies yeah. do, there's no one you can point at and say, well, they're the worst. It's like, no, no, no. Everybody. <laughs> like you all pitched it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody is part of this. Everybody made this awkward for everybody. And I found it to be quite entertaining. I would highly yeah. recommend it. Like I said, it's nothing. Maybe I need to get on it while I still have access. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I just thought uh, it was nice to see Eddie Murphy kind of back in his element because I love mm-hmm. uh, him being back in good comedies. Sure. I, I don't want to <laughs> knock on some of his movies in the early 2000s, but. Yeah. I'll teach their own, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> we're not going to go down the Pluto Nash uh, foxhole, but. Sure. You've all been there. You saw it. Mm. We, <laughs> we were around. Yeah. We yeah. need to come back around. He's doing better. He's He's gotten... Yeah. I feel like Kenya Barris, that was the person who directed this film. And I think they were uh, responsible for... What is that? Uh, Blackish? 
on ABC. Oh, okay. That sitcom. Are, are they responsible for all the issues that are coming out? That I don't know. <laughs> I, I know that they they were instrumental, at least in the creation of that show. And I okay. feel like he's been in the background directing a lot of the movies that Eddie Murphy's been doing lately. Because I'm, I'm almost positive he did. Or did he? Now I'm not so sure. I don't want to speak out of turn. Okay. <laughs> oh, that guy. Because uh, the more I was sitting there, as I was, it was about to come out of my mouth, I was like, wait a minute, there was another name. And I stopped. And I was like, <laughs> is that the right person? I don't want to equate that. So any yeah. in any case, he's got a, a talented director who who's getting him back into better movies, and I appreciate mm-hmm. that. <laughs> nice. There you go. So I recommend that. And and while I was on Netflix, I discovered something, and I don't know how you feel about this or how you oh. feel about this this comedian, but I grew up with this comedian. I think he's hilarious, mm-hmm. and I feel that he's the type of comedian that anybody can enjoy. And I found these old uh, uh, stand-up specials, HBO stand-up specials on Netflix of Sinbad. Oh, yeah, I remember him. And two of them specifically that I remember watching, I think I even had them recorded off of HBO at one point. So I had like a tape Mm -hmm. that was just like the Sinbad specials. Yeah. And... It was one that was called Afros and Bell Bottoms, which I think was maybe his second special. And then the other was uh, Son of a Preacher Man, which I think was the funniest out of the the entire lot. And that was his third. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) I watched the first one last night. And (laughs) I, uh, you know, I was um, partaking in in some some legal (laughs) uh, stuff. And Some snacks. And I was just kind of relaxing, watching it because I wanted a good laugh. And <laughs> as I was watching him, he reminded me of the I don't want to say stereotype, but the the type of comedians like, did you ever notice when? Did you ever notice when? Oh, like when? the observational comedy? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Do you know people do this? Do you know people did that? That kind uh-huh. of thing. And it was just I had this caricature in my head as I was listening to him speak about things. And I was like, they parodied this on so many shows. And he is that comedian. But it didn't detract from my enjoyment of him. I just kind of mm-hmm. made this wide observation as I was watching him. Yeah. But he's such a clean cut comedian. And his observations are funny, at least to me. Yeah. So I'm not knocking him. Uh, it's his, Still I, hold up? Yeah. I think for a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, even as he was talking... He was talking about his time growing up in the 70s in the special. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because when you're listening to him, it's like, well, that shit happened to me in the 80s. <laughs> and even Katrina was like, you know, he's talking about this in the 70s, but I remember this in the 90s. And I was like, yeah, yeah it wasn't all that far removed when you think about it. Yeah. So and where was where did he uh, do you know where he was brought up? Uh, I'm sure he said it before, but I don't remember right offhand. Because I was going to say sometimes that could be all the difference to like geography and sure. how people just are in that area. And mm-hmm. Some might be a little quicker to move along than others. And Well, see one specific thing, and you may actually relate to this more than I would. Katrina said she did was the, he, he did a bit about uh, kids not going outside. And he's like, you know, kids don't go outside. He's like, when I was a kid, you know, you parents would always run you outside and curfew was when the, the street lights came street on. Street lights came on. He's like, yep. you better be back on the porch 
And mm-hmm. I didn't and grow up. And they don't want to see you until then. Like, just exactly. go find something to do. Like, they didn't care where you were. No one had a freaking bracelet on us or a phone to ping or mm-hmm. any of that kind of stuff. We were just gone. Right. And, and, and came back on it. That's something I didn't. I'm going to say I'm closer to your age than Katrina's. Right. But, I mean, where you grew up, you you had that oh, experience. You yeah, had that in experience. Southern Illinois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. didn't go out. Because we oh, lived out in the middle of nowhere on a farm. <laughs> so I didn't oh, know what. lights, what are those? Yeah. It's like the farthest I'd ever get to that is if I'd go visit my, my aunt and uncle in Nashville. So then oh. I understood the streetlight thing. But even that, not to this degree of like a little suburban neighborhood. Maybe for you when the sun starts to set, you best be back on the porch. I, I mean, know. yeah, that was pretty much it. So we would practically play outside as the sun went down, maybe to a, to a degree, we'd sometimes be in before then. But that was about the time. It's like, all right, it's time to go home. It's getting dark. Mm-hmm. We can't see. Right. So, <laughs> I was going to say, it must be dark if you got no lights going on. <laughs> exactly. Out in the country, it gets dark. So, I, to a degree, under, I, I can relate. But a lot of the other stuff, I feel like people of our age, and even Katrina's uh, apparently, can relate to a lot of the stuff that he was talking about. And again, it could be geography i i don't know i again i'm not 100 percent sure where he grew up but well it, i was just like if people lived in a bigger city you might have a lot different of an experience than someone who grew up in tennessee or mm-hmm. you know i was in southern illinois which it's a completely different state really than northern illinois <laughs> for people who are unfamiliar like mm-hmm. it really is two different worlds but you know, yeah, I think it just kind of depends on where you were at and what kind of stuff was at your disposal. Yeah. We always just ran around outside. And when my first friend got a car, we would just drive. Oh, back in the day when gas was like 60 cents a gallon, you know, 70 cents a gallon. You just drove mm-hmm. just to be out of the house and hanging out with your friends, wasting gallons of gas, you know, just going in circles around the city. Yeah. And he even no talked pagers, to- none of that stuff. We were just gone till he came home. Dri- driving around. Now, granted, I couldn't relate to this, but I remember driving around a lot as a teenager because you got your car. You're trying to be cool. Yeah. You're trying to just, you know, be on the, in the small little town, just riding. I, what are you looking for? I don't know. Nothing. Yeah. You're just listening just to music. Moving. But he yep. was talking about his eight track. And he says, yeah. y'all, don't, y'all don't understand what it means to have an eight track. It's like if you heard the song, you want to hear it again. You got to drive around <laughs> to get back around yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah and it was like i don't i don't know that i had a cassette so there was at least that i had a cassette player i did too uh, yeah uh well i recommend those if you get a chance especially the two that i mentioned there were i know there's one more i don't remember enjoying it as much i don't know why but those two specifically especially son of a preacher man i didn't watch that one last night but i know i've watched that one so many Mm -hmm. times and there's just so many good bits in there that I yeah. highly recommend. So it's on. It's always harder with comedy, though, because sometimes it's so steeped in what's going on in that moment that sometimes it does, doesn't translate. Yeah. 10, 15, 20 years later, you know? So well, there'll be those icons that constantly keep sifting to the top that somehow just stays relevant. Mm-hmm. And some of them are dead. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know? He did, in, in that special that I watched last night, he did one dated bit, but I still felt like it was relevant today because he oh, was talking like about some names, maybe. And, yeah, yeah, because it was about Rodney King. And mm. I thought, 
Okay, and and he's not one of those comedians that does political stuff. He's not the type of comedian that does uh, any blue humor or anything like that. So he, him even trying to navigate this, I was really there must impressed. Have been something with. big going on, you know what I mean? Because comedy is usually with what's going on, yeah. very much pop culture in in your timeline, mm-hmm. you know. So. I bet if we did some digging, there was probably something silly hitting the news about that stuff. And sure. He's like, nah, before we were so against each other for just being on one side or the other, you know, mm-hmm. it was more like it still was a conversation, but it didn't mean we were like disowning people back then that yeah. I can recall anyway. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. And even yeah. to the degree in which he was talking about the events, you, you put that into perspective today and <laughs> you're like, well, shit, that's it's uh, actually happening a lot worse today in a lot worse ways than today. And this was like the pinnacle of something huge happening. And yet, take a look at Memphis yeah. and that situation and it's like, oh, shit. So it's yeah. it's odd to think I thought we, we were worse off. Our lessons. Yeah, I thought we were worse off then and it doesn't seem like it. I don't know. It doesn't really seem like much has changed at all, right? Except that we have 24-hour access to all the things now. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean to bring the room down. I'm sorry, but yeah. yeah. Well, but hey, good comedy, right? Go good see some comedy. Good comedy. I like good comedy. I am a big fan of stand-up, so I always like checking people out. Old or new, mm-hmm. you know? Old yeah. or new. I especially love checking out new people to the scene because, like, hey, what if you're hilarious? I want you in my life. I sure. like to laugh. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, yeah. So Perfect. definitely check those out if you got a moment. If you like, if you, I don't want to say that you you it's it's a specific type of humor. It's just it's fun. It's funny. Yeah. Good. It, it's. And if you don't like it, that's okay. Yeah. Every it's all how what you can relate to. That's exactly. why I don't think it's bad comedy. It's just what can you relate to? It's more funny if you can relate to it. So and that's I, why people gravitate towards certain comedians. You right. Know? And I think a lot of people could relate to some of his story or most of his stories. I mean, because we all were children one time. We all had parents. Yeah. We all had those moments where we got busted for something. Right. So yeah, yeah. we can yeah. all relate. So I feel like yeah. a lot of his comedy is relatable in a lot of ways. So Yeah. Right. Anyway. Yeah, I like to check him out. Yeah, definitely check them out. Uh, what have you been playing? What? Oh, gosh. I had a good week. I was all over the place. Well, firstly, Inkulunati released, so I was very happy about that. Um, I'm sure the siblings can remember me talking about it back when they had the demo for it on, I think it was Steam's Next Fest mm-hmm. last year. Um, so it's in early access. Um, they've already put out roadmaps for, you know, their plans moving forward with, you know, new Inkulunatis, uh, which is like little beasts that you draw that does the fighting for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love the aesthetic of it. Like the graphics are just so pretty with how they make the gra- background look a lot more steeped in reality. And then you're just drawing like on your storybook. Um, to create your story. And if you're paying attention up at the top corner two of the screen, especially when you get into duels, mm-hmm. like they're writing out your story for you as you're drawing the Inkulunati, taking damage, winning, you know, if you really wanted to read your little story until the death. But it's it's so cute. If you like strategy games, I think you would love it. Um, 
I'm not great at it yet. I've been putting in some time and I still can't get past the third map on normal. Make fun of me if you want. I think just my patience level starts to go down and then I'm at my own demise because I'm trying to just go too fast and not think it through and do stupid things. Hmm. So um, highly recommend it. And they had Goose Game reference in one of the scenes too, which I just thought was hilarious. Uh, Nice. Like, as you're going along the map, one of them, you know, I just come across a goose and it just said, like, I chose either honk or honk honk. And then whatever you got. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of cute. And they were like, the goose bit you anyway. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yes, it did. So that's fun. I love when indies kind of make call out to other indies like that. It was kind of cute. Sure. Um, so definitely recommend that. And there was a one little FMV sequence to set it up. For your first battle when you were going on your first duel so uh, even the little hands that come in to draw is uh real mm-hmm. like it's the actual hand and then drawing onto the board and then your little Inculinati beasts go to battle for you depending on what they can do with their spears or if they have you know uh ranged whatever um so I'm building up my prestige so I can unlock the different beasts and stuff um as I go along but uh I recommend it if you like strategy games. I I recommend it. Um, And then uh, Oxygen Not Included was for $5. And I was like, well, yeah, sure. Mm. I've been kind of wanting to check it out because, well, I like RimWorld. And I like some of those other kind of uh, RPG story games where it's it's hard. (laughs) And I'm like starting to question myself because I put it on just like easy mode. Because mm-hmm. I just wanted to learn because it looks like one of those. It's just got a lot of things that you're going to have to learn because you're going to unlock different things you can build and piece together. And so there's some planning and thought going on. Um, but you're basically like an ant farm where you're just like digging around in the earth or in space mm-hmm. um, to create your own little home. And uh, you can... The problem I'm running into right now that I'm still trying to figure out is oxygen. You know, you need it. So as as you're digging, you might hit areas that have way more carbon dioxide or hydrogen or some sort of gas element. That's not going to be safe for you to breathe in over long periods of time, right? So sure. I've unlocked the ability for two different ways to provide oxygen for myself so I can make an algae planter that you've got to keep maintained, that's supposed to you know suck in the oxygen or the carbon and you know push out the oxygen, and uh there was another machine, but I need a battery and power for the machine one to go. Okay. So now, <laughs> what is happening is sometimes I'll get polluted water, like maybe my outhouse ran over or one of this stupid little guys couldn't make it right and they just peed everywhere and it goes everywhere it's just everywhere so we mop it up but they put them in little bottles like polluted bottled water Mm -hmm. I'm thinking over time because I couldn't figure out a way how to safely dispose of these so I just left them in the bottles all of a sudden I'm noticing like orange gas and stuff starting to take over in my area and I'm like it's how do I get rid of these bottles I'm still trying to figure out how I can safely get rid of these in a certain amount of time so my little people aren't turning sick sure they're going sick and so I think I finally raised my tree where it said I could um Use polluted water and make it into clean drinking water or usable water. And I have this rig set up so bizarre because I'm still not really sure if I have all of the elements 
because I put in the filter and nothing was happening. I was like, okay. Then I built the little piping to go into a hole that I dug to dump the water in that was supposed to pull it through the machine, filter it. And then I took the pipe over and just dumped it into another area that I was like, well, this could be the clean water where it goes. Right. Mm -hmm. And it ran once. Now, (laughs) I'm not sure (laughs) if I built it dumb because I put the pump in the bottom and that's when it finally started sucking it through. But I have the piping going up. Duh, because I'm dumping the water in, right? So I can't put the pipe below it. Right. I don't know. I'm just thinking that whole area is going to explode eventually from all of the gases. And I'm just, I can't figure it out. I know I will because I had the same thing with RimWorld, you know, where I was like, I can't find steel or food and I'm killing the man in black, you know, and Mm -hmm. eventually I was just like, oh, okay, it clicked. So I'm still in that moment of what the hell do they want me to do? Because after so many days, they're all, the little people just keep sneezing or turning green. And it's like obnoxious after a while. Mm -hmm. They have to keep stopping to be sick. (laughs) And I'm like, can we just, I don't know what you want me to do. So siblings, if you've played oxygen, not included, how the hell do I get rid of the polluted water and to use it for myself? You know, and not, I don't know if I can explode, but there's hydrogen starting to form now on my ceiling. So I'm like, something bad's about to go down. I have a feeling. Okay. Because that's <laughs> probably not supposed to be there. Um, and then I won't even talk about Disney Dreamlight Valley. I think I ran around in it for like maybe an hour or so this week. Um, I haven't been touching as much. But I did try Hi-Fi Rush because I wanted to uh, check yeah. that game out. It was on um, Game Pass. And yes, I think you would like it. Okay. You personally. Um the music is pretty good. Um, it seemed like it was original stuff that I hadn't heard of before. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very much too in tune with the beat and very forgiving, though. Now, granted, I play everything on normal mode. I don't try to just go straight for hard or anything like that. Um, but you get, you know, harder hits and better combos if you can manage to land everything on the beat with your hard hit or your soft hit. And then you, you know, unlock more abilities and stuff as go along. And it's like, it's a good time if you really get into it and you have a bunch of enemies and you're just kind of like wiping them all out and going around. Um, The story is just silly, just kind of enough to tie something together to make a game, really. Um, He wanted to, it's like in the future, and only certain people can get these upgrades. And he managed to, your character, beat their way up to the front so they could get, um, you know, some help for their, their surgery, make them a bigger, better human. And so he gets an arm implanted, but his pod, uh, it looked like an iPod or an Mm -hmm. old MP3 player. Because they take all your stuff before you go into your surgery or whatever. Well, it fell out and landed on his chest. So when the machine came down to, like, do the surgery on him and came out, now he has the in his chest. Mm -hmm. And so the story is now the rest of the world around him. Everything is just going to the beat of his song. So I haven't played enough to, you know, or beat it yet or anything to see what, you know, that ends up being or why his is so connected to the thing around it, but like even the lights and stuff will go to the music, you know, and everything. So yeah, it's just a fun time. I can't see it being that long of a game, but I don't know. Um, But yeah, it's cute. If you have access to it on game pass or I think it's 30 bucks on its own. I might have to look 25, 30 bucks. I know it wasn't a full price game, but it wasn't like 10, $15. Uh, 
Look into it. You might think it's a fun time. It seemed like a, a unique, fun little thing for a moment. Yeah. Um, and the graphics are just cute and fun. And if you want to just turn your brain off and slide into something with a little bit of action to it. Yeah, totally. All right. Uh, but what about you? That uh, that was my week. I think I did pretty good. I'm still banging away at Death Stranding. I actually got yeah. to... I finished the eighth chapter, but I've not officially kicked off the ninth chapter because mm-hmm. of how they they kind of do things. It's not like the moment you end something or earn that trophy, they don't just kick you into the next one. You have to start that next mission to get there. Okay. And the reason I think I haven't gone that extra mile is I know that I'm... I hate, I hate that my brain is like this, but I know I'm... Not necessarily near the end, because I know I've still got a little ways to go, but I'm about to leave the area in which I'm in now to go to a new area, so I don't know when I'm going to be back here. So I'm just like, well, let me finish up everything here, what do I do then here? I'll go. And another thing that I was trying to do is a little bit of trophy hunting, you know, just kind of looking through... Simple little things, like uh, one specifically, and I'd never really thought to look at it, but I noticed that it said build one of each structure. And I was like, well, what haven't I built? So luckily, if you dig hard enough, you have a stat screen, which all games do. They just bury them. Mm -hmm. And I looked it up, and apparently there were like two structures that I had never built. And I was like, that's fair. I never used them, so why would I build them? So I went ahead and built them. Boom, trophy. Then it said, you've got to upgrade each structure up to the maximum level. So I was like, okay, well, what haven't I done? Because I have, whether they were mine or not, I think that's another thing I like about this game is that you can see other people's structures. And if something that you've been utilizing is damaged or, you know, maybe needs an upgrade, you can do it. You can do it for them. You don't have to have them do it for you. So, and that kind of gives you likes because uh-huh. you're helping out someone or you're you're contributing to their construction. So I've been doing that. If I saw uh-huh. something, I was like, well, I've been utilizing this. This is a great thing right where it's at. I'm going to continue to use it. So I'm going to fix it up or build it up or whatever it takes. And that's that. Uh-huh. Now, on the same token, I'm frustrated with certain players of this game because I don't understand their logic. I, oh, the whole they can build crap in your game nonsense. <laughs> because sometimes I think the gamers, whom which I am playing on the same server with, mm-hmm. have the same mentality that I do. That we need to build a, a, a cohesive structure of things so we can get from point A to point B faster. Mm-hmm. And then I'll see something like a zipline, which I have, I have created... Okay, within the last week, I have put up one hell of a zipline system that is perfect for me because Uh I can go, like, I've connected so many areas because I was just like, I've got to get from here to here and here to here without having to get in a truck and go all the way around. Yeah. So now I've got this structure set up to where I can get from, like, one end to the other almost... In record time. I won't say it's perfect because I've still got some gaps. Well, it's still quicker than what it was. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. And if it feels quicker, that's really all that matters. <laughs> I've done I've done some timing on it, and I think I did 
like there was a there's a structure down at the bottom of this valley near in the mountain areas okay and i didn't realize and it's it's funny you don't see even though the map is showing you you don't put it together in your head like where everything is laid out mm-hmm. so there was a zip line structure or system that i set up there was a there's a distribution center in this valley and then you had to build this road to go all the way up to the mountain di- or main structure or whatever they call it call it mountain not city that's what i'll call it and then from there there's other people that live all the way up in the snowy tips of the mountains okay so to mm-hmm. get to those people i had to i built a zip line system up to them because i'm like i'm not walking this shit every time yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you still had to drive back down to the distribution center in the valley so i was like well there's got to be an easier way and one of the times they wanted me to do this speedy delivery back from the guy up on top of the mountain uh-huh. to the distribution center. I was like, there's no way I can get that down there in a decent amount of time. So uh-huh. I was sitting there looking at it, and I kept looking at the map, and I was like, there's got to be a way. Because they show you Well, if they're the putting line. it in the game, hopefully there's a way, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they show you a line, like where it's at. I was like, well, I wonder if I could just create a zip line down. Sure enough, I created nice. a zip line system right down the mountain into the valley. Takes two minutes from point A to point B, as opposed to going all the way around, which takes... I've tracked 10 minutes to get from the distribution center to Mountain Knot like City. Like real minutes? Yeah, 10 real minutes by vehicle if you're using yeah. the highway. So I cut out eight minutes or more, honestly, because I'm going directly yeah. up. And now dude can just throw it down on his own, really. Yeah, really, you think? Don't even need you. There you go, straight to, I mean, he's got the best direct line. But why I said I'm so frustrated with gamers is... Every time I turn around and I see a zip line set up, and I'm like, oh, someone's already built something. No, no, no. They built one. Maybe they did what you did. And they're like, I just need to build this one thing for a, a, an achievement. But I tore mine down. Like, the moment oh. I built them, I tore them back down because I'm like, I'm not using this. No one else is going to use this. I just built it just to get a trophy. So I, I ripped it all up because it takes... Uh, you have a bandwidth that you can only use so much. So you can't just go around building everything. You have like a bandwidth in which you have to, to kind of stick with, which expands for every connection you make. So mm-hmm. it's it's not like it stays at one uh, amount. But still, I as I was trying to develop the zipline system, that was a, a, a roadblock I hit one time because apparently I built too many. And I thought, oh <laughs> shit, how did, I, how did I miss this? Because I thought I was keeping track of it. Yeah. And then suddenly they're like, you don't have the bandwidth. And I was like, what? No. Ah. So I had to start thinking and scrambling going, what What can I tear down? What do I, don't I need that I've already built? And I've even tried to refine it too. There were times that I'd have like two or three and then I'd uh-huh. find another angle. Like this is one and I hate myself for, I should have known. I should have known what I should have done. And I didn't do it anyway, but it was a steep incline uh-huh. down the mountain. But there was this nice cliff. And if I set a zip line right there, right, it would have eliminated two of the ones that I already built because I wouldn't have to okay. go zip, 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 zip. I could just right. set it here and then I've got a direct line to two and then it eliminates two others. Boom. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I had to get to the cliff and I should have used an anchor and a rope, but I didn't. I tried climbing down it and then I tripped and I fell all into the ground. And you exploded, right? Or Surprisingly, no. No? Okay. Not this time. I guess I only explode with BTs attacking me. 
Okay. Which I didn't realize why that mattered, but whatever. I don't you know. know. Game lore. Point being, oh, I died somewhere in there. <laughs> because I did something stupid. And so the next time, obviously, I, I grabbed anchors and I was like, okay, I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll, it's not hard. I'll just do it the way I was supposed to. Yeah. Instead of the quick way. This is, this is not a difficult thing to do. They give me all these tools and I just don't use them because I'm stubborn. Right. Because, oh, this is just quicker. I could just walk down there real fast instead of setting all that up. Yeah. It seems walkable. Hold my beer. It, it wasn't a straight line. I felt like if I just kind of, you know, yeah. inched my way well, down. Now you know. But all it takes, all it takes is just one step and you're like, ah. Yeah. It's so, slippery, lots of snow. Yeah. 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 But again, all these people who build the shit and I just don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. And I understand mm-hmm. that there are times that I've seen myself do the same thing where I'll have a vehicle and I'm like, well, I, I can't use this right here, so I'm going to have to abandon it. And you have no idea how many abandoned trucks, bikes, and things I've just seen everywhere. And I'm like, just... And and there's a garage right nearby, like a safe house someone built. And I'm like, just go to the safe house. Put it in the safe house. <laughs> They're probably just dropping it and ditching or something. Yeah. Or know. or the zip line thing. That's... The, oh, man. That's the thing that made me so mad. Because the last zi- the last thing I had to, to set up, I had to go down this valley. And this is where it's going to take me into the new area, right? So you had to set all this up. And then like, all right, well, now you can go. Well, once I got it on the network, I saw a zip line. I was like... Perfect. Someone's already got it set up for me. No, no. I go one up and then there's two others, but they're out of reach. And I'm like, this, why? Why did anyone build this? Maybe what do you- they started it and then did that same thing. Like, well, damn it. I'm not tearing all that down now. I spent too much time. To- <laughs> but, but even the two built here and then the two built up on the mountains, it's like, did you not figure the the distance that you and and even if you go to is those, it the same player? I doubt it. I doubt it. Okay. But still, it's just the idea yeah. is like I've I've set up an intricate network that I have made sure <laughs> goes from each area mm-hmm. and has a purpose. And if it doesn't have a purpose, it goes down. And I, there was even one that I built that I still can't for the life of me understand. One minute it was fine, the next minute had an obstruction, and I'm like, what obstruction? Where did it come from? I don't see anything. And still to this day, I have still have no idea. I had to move it just to get back on track. But other players and yeah. they're just half-assedness. Yeah, see, I think that would bother me, them being allowed to leave stuff in my game. I don't know. <laughs> or the, be left alone. Leaving vehicles on the highway. You're just driving along and suddenly you just run into a truck and it's like, why is this here? Why did you abandon this on the, the highway? Yeah. yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? But I'm trying not to be frustrated, and I'm just yeah. trying to to finish up every little detail, every little thing that I can. I'm trying another thing, too, and I don't... Uh, they they recommend, you know, if you look on trophy lists or whatever, they say, well, you could just do this at the end of the game. I'm like, yeah, but once I beat the game, I'm done with the game. That's the kind of thing yeah. that I do. So... Yeah. You you do this these premium deliveries and you get these super legend of legend uh, markings or whatever. So I've tried uh-huh. to start doing those just to to see. And they say you only yeah. need like about eighty, and it's actually a lot easier than you might think because if you can collect several deliveries at a time and then drop them off, uh-huh. you know, then you've already done like four or five in one trip. 
So it'll rack up pretty quick. The only problem is that you have to do, I think, 20 of a specific delivery. So you have to do 20 of this type, 20 of this type, 20 of this type, and 20 of this type, and then a combined number of 80 deliveries with this marking of Legend of Legends, which is like an S-rank marking. So okay. just make sure you do 20 of each type of delivery, and then you'll get that one. So I'm trying to see if I can do that. And as long as I don't feel like it's going to detract from the rest of my gameplay, then I'll continue on that path. Just keep on going. Yeah. Get keep on keeping day. on. That's what they say in the game. Yes. You'll hear that all the time. Oh, keep yeah. on keep keeping on. on. Keep on keeping on. Keep on. Keep on. Keep on. one phrase that's lasted the test of time. Huh? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that is said when you walk through certain signs that other players make and for some reason some players like to make these long lines of signs so as you're driving into a, a facility or, or a safe house you just have all these signs and you're running into them and it's like keep on keeping on good morning sam keep on keeping on keep on keeping on oh it says it out loud oh yeah oh yeah oh, so God. you hear it so much <clears throat> yeah then i would start to get annoyed that feature might have to get turned off on my gameplay <laughs> welcome sam porter bridges this is uh, all these things nope. that you hear all the time now, yeah. I my little people in oxygen not included sneezing every five seconds was annoying me. I would not be able to hear that over and over. This is why I turn off sound a lot of the times on a game. If it has a repeating thing, I'm like, nope, mm -hmm. nope. Yeah, I can I see get very it. irritated with repeating noises, though. Mm -hmm. It just gets into my head and I can't like at. <laughs> so what do you got for us in the way of news? We got a little bit to chat about. Well, first off, I need to do a little bit more digging and send a little message and all this kind of stuff. But I was directed to a tweet from Tiana Studios the other day. Um, our FMV queen, Anna Rosa Butler, seems to have retired from FMV acting. Oh. Um, uh, he was putting it, putting it out because, as you know, he's working on Dark Side of the Moon 2. And there was going to be a spinoff game with just Alex, mm. which is whom Anna Rosa Butler um, played in the game. Um, so we'll have to see, you know, what recasting is. They said that they were going to continue forward, obviously, with both projects. So um, they will have to recast that part. But I'm sure it's just for bigger and better things. Because the last thing I remembered seeing her tweet was, um, I think it was Project M. Now that could just be a working title. Um, that Jason Priestley was directing that she was cast in. Oh, so wow. I'm hoping that it's, you know, that uh, I shouldn't hope. I'm very certain in her case that it's it's commitments to other bigger, better things. And so we will definitely miss you on mm -hmm. our FMV games because you're like one of our FMV queens. But I just, uh, yeah, can't wait to see what it's for. I can't wait to see what it's for. She's a very talented, lovely individual. So I wish yeah. her only the best. Um, but so just a little update there. Um, and I guess we can super quickly talk about it because I feel like I should, even though I kept saying, I don't want to talk about AAA nonsense BS anymore, but <laughs> it was like, we've been kind of following the saga, but, um, uh, probably saw that Activision Blizzard settled with the SEC for $35 million, mm -hmm. um, over its misconduct lawsuits, uh, Basically say, you know, the TLDR, as I was reading through the article, basically the SEC was like, you know, Blizzard was just so disorganized that even through all of the complaints, there wasn't enough information to really make anything stick because 
they were just so good at keeping track of all of the things as it were. So all of the info and evidence they would have needed. We just couldn't (laughs) find it. You know, so um, but also come to find out that um, they had these little clauses in uh, contracts and stuff for people leaving the company for whatever reason, you know, um, that to notify Activision Blizzard if they were ever contacted by the SEC, which is a violation of whistleblower laws. Mm -hmm. So Activision's like, you know, we're very happy to be able to be moving on and continuing our efforts to make it good and blah, blah, blah. So basically they paid the fine, took that language out of their contracts and looks like they'll just be moving forward as they were. All right. Yeah. I guess. Which is still more than the, well, those are two different lawsuits, of course. But I, (laughs) where the other one was like $7 million or something. And then the other company is like, wait a minute, that's it? That's all you're going to charge them for this or whatever? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Garbage (laughs) people do garbage things. It's just, of course, they're like, we're happy to have settled because we did nothing wrong. And it's like, no, it's just you were so garbage over all of it that the SEC is like, well... If they're even, I don't even know if I trust that anymore either. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I get too cynical. Where I'm just like, you're just gonna let it go for that? I don't know. Hey, speaking of uh, (laughs) big companies and their monopolies, I heard a rumor. Don't know how true it is, but I could see it happening. Is that the mouse? If you know who I'm talking about, the mouse. Yeah. The big mouse, the big cheese mouse that owns Uh, everything. Yeah. He's targeting yet another IP that it's about to buy or wants to buy. Can you guess what that big IP might be? That they would want to buy. Yeah. What would be something lucrative that they could just, mm, they could make so much money out of it? God, honestly, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm sure you'll say it and I'll go, yeah, yeah. of course. Well, considering, and this is why I'm not thinking it's untrue, considering... Warner Brothers has been in financial chaos. They're just like they're they're having a bad day. Uh, well, the the guy that came in has just been stripping it like insane. I, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, there's been a lot of weirdness going on over there. Just their casting choices haven't been turning out to be great. And yeah, I mean, I'm trying to understand from a business sense mm-hmm. because his biggest argument has been he's trying to right the ship he's trying to get back or trying to get it back into some financial uh or out of the red into the to the blue or green or whatever the fuck color yeah. they get into in the black I think yeah that's what you want the what? black is good <laughs> yeah. so understanding it from that perspective perhaps i understand the moves he's been making selling this off selling that off doing that maybe it, it just seems a little extreme when you think about it. it's like my god dude what are you doing because right, even like, your own properties have been disappearing and you're like what are you doing but if this one wound up on the service table to be purchased i guarantee you guarantee you they would sell it despite the cash cow that it is for the company and that is harry potter oh, now i again i I don't know. I don't know if this is true. I've just heard a rumor. 
Huh. But interesting. Do, I, that would be so weird. It would be it, financially. It seems like a bad move for the company because right. it is one of their bigger cash cows. But if they're trying to write the ship, they might the the CEO may be looking at it as like, look, it's already got enough mired controversy around it. Let's cut our losses. Right. Let them have it, and then they can do what they want with it, and we'll do get a now? sizable chunk of money. Because you, you think know they would even want to touch it though with all of that going on then too. Disney knows what it is. Disney knows that it's money making. They can scrub off all the the shit off of it like they did with oh. Star Wars. They did it with Star Wars. It'll still be there, but they'll scrub it and be like, "Look, it's a new shiny thing that has no other people involved that you want to be involved with it." Oh, I mean, yeah. If you uh, you would have to kind of just cut the head off and make it a completely new thing. If they would even. You know, sell the prop. Like, I feel like, like I said, like I said, you'd have to go to like, can I do this thing? Like I said, for for Warner Brothers, it there's, it sounds like a bad financial decision because it is a money maker for the company. However, it would be a huge profit to sell because they could put a huge hefty price tag on it and be like, look, if you want this, X billion dollars. Do you want it or not? And Disney will be like, here's the check. They're not going to hesitate. They'll take it in a heartbeat. Hmm. So it's yeah, whether or not they want to. More confident wanna, than I am about that, but you might be right. I'm not going to say no. It's just whether or not <laughs> Warner Brothers wants to lose the possibility of this cash cow for a one-time profit. Yeah, yeah, it would just be a one-time buyout. But sure. if it could right the ship. Yeah, I mean, but, really, really help everything else. Like, if it's one property versus everything, uh, I think I would, especially with everything going on with it right now, I think I would. But you would think also right now you would kind of need the one thing that's making you money since everything else seems to be a Sisyphus situation at this point between their other movies. Sure. They're coming out. But again, remember, mired in controversy. So it is. It definitely got PR. Yeah. It, it's definitely in this seesaw of whether or not it's lucrative or not. The last few movies have not been lucrative. No. They've been panned. And we've yet to see what's going to happen with the next couple because of everything. I don't even know if there's going to be anymore. I, I mean, I well, really I mean, don't. Aquaman 2 supposedly still coming out, and so is The Flash. Uh, they've been working super hard to get those reshoots. And oh, stuff, you're talking so about that. The... Yeah. Well, yeah. I was just talking about their whole problems all over with all of their things. Yeah, no, I mean... That it just seemed like they've just had a rough year with a lot of different things. It wasn't just one in particular. Well, even, even what was it, this past week that James Gunn had laid out his uh, his DC plan for that part of it? Why? Why is everyone cool but Henry? I started to wonder, like, you wanted to bring everyone back but Henry Superman? I'm curious. Why? Well, I don't know if that's the case, or not. I know it's rumors. I don't know if it's true, but it seemed like everyone was confirming like Gal Gadot would come back. And, but see, uh, I don't, I don't think that's but, true because they, they, he announced uh, like a, a Wonder Woman series that's yeah. going to take place on the island. But this will, it'll be no different than the Superman property. This is like younger days, a uh, different time. So you can't do that. Uh, you can't bring her back nice. for that. Meant not as Wonder Woman anyway. I don't, I don't feel. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not as invested, but it I just, know. it, yeah. 
seemed really weird to me when I was reading that. I was like, really? Out of all of them? Like, I'm not saying anything's bad. I think they were all cast well for a reason, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's like, what'd he do? (laughs) Started to make me wonder. I'm like, what's wrong with Henry? Maybe I don't want to know. I don't need to know more celebrities' lives. It's just disappointing. (laughs) I'm just, I'm waiting to see how all that plays out. But at the end of the day, I, I guarantee you, if they wanted to make a quick buck fast, they would sell off that magic property to the mouse and just cut their losses why not i guess yeah maybe why not uh but again then we won't hear about them ever again all rumor we don't know i don't i don't have a source one in this i just heard rumors yeah yeah which is most reporting these days anyway (laughs) well i mean i guess kind of staying on track with superhero stuff uh, did you see that the uh, new Wolverine game? They want a mature rating. You know, I hope so. R. Yeah. Um, it looks like Jeff Grubb, you know, was doing a live stream chat about this because he's always in the know for these things somehow. Um, but yeah, they're targeting a more mature rating. Um, a hard R looks to be the aim. Um, at least the concepts that he was talking about that he heard was is heavily leaning towards that way. Um, also, avoiding or doing. I shouldn't say doing its best. It says it's avoiding to linking it to anything Fox movies related. Mm-hmm. So like it'll be its own thing prior to the X-Men, which I think we might have heard a little bit or we're guessing about just from the trailer that we kind of saw. Yeah. Uh, but I like that idea. Just having it. It's wholly independent, you know, Wolverine before X-Men kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the idea. I don't know. What do you think to yeah. say wholly independent? I don't think you need Wolverine is not a character that needs the X-Men. It's it's almost like his uh, stories can be enhanced and fun with the X-Men, but he's also mm-hmm. a character that can stand on his own. Him being a nomad doing his own thing. I'm down for it. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Let's do Heck that. Heck yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I guess one of the other ideas that was kind of batting around in my head was maybe he was on um, a solo mission from Mm. the X-Men or something so we could make the game just about Wolverine. Um, But I but I dig this whole, I guess, prequel, if you will, uh, you know, prior to Wolverine going into the group. So we don't have any idea what kind of game this will be like uh, gameplay wise. I haven't seen gameplay. Uh, the creative leads, though, if I'm remembering correctly, are, are the ones who did the Spider-Man Miles Morales mm. game, too. So I guess in my head, I, I have it kind of in that vein as far as an action-adventure story game. Um, but just, you know, he, he's the focus. Sure. Um, so it was a fun story the way it was told. So I, I kind of trust those, those people to build this uh, story for us. The idea I have in my head that I would like to see is mm-hmm. do something like, I guess I'm using Days Gone as a reference because of the motorcycle thing and sure. Wolverine would have a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. You could have him riding around and then think about like jumping off your bike with your blades <gasps> out and then just, I mean, come on. <laughs> okay, I want that now. I didn't know I wanted it, but now mm-hmm. I want that. that. Yeah, good call. That would, oh, God, I you would could so attack spam from your that. bike and everything. <laughs> I would get on my bike purposely just to do that. Like, nope, be, you go over there. Think about it. Coming after you with your car, pop out your claws on your bike, cut their tires, car go flipping. Yes. Ah. Yeah. The action oh. scenes alone. Come on. 
okay, now I want it more. Well, I want your game for sure. We'll yeah. see what game we get. Um, but yeah, I kind of feel like with Wolverine, R is where you'd want to be anyway. Uh, yeah. You know, to really be able to do it the justice that um, I think you could do with it. Hmm. I mean, I know I didn't read a lot of the comics, but... I know those go deeper and harder than most of our movies ever do. So let's explore that. That would be fun. I mean, for for the comics themselves, they've really teetered a line. And I know that sometimes they, they can push certain limitations on what they can do. Obviously, they can't. They don't go into the hardest R territory, but they have played in that that realm every now and again. And that's why people want to see Wolverine or Deadpool or Batman in these situations because they're darker characters and it just yeah. feels right to have those characters you don't want to see wolverine running around in a pg is like well i would cut you but but dag nabbit dog narn it <laughs> i can't i can't do I it they're allowed to say shit once right what did we say shit yeah Glasses, and uh, okay. only in a pg movie you get you got yeah, one yeah you get like one or something so yeah, well, yeah i want to see a hard r it doesn't have to be super gory or anything no. like that, but just no. for for a mature story, yeah, I want some good hard action. I want to see some, yeah. some blood flying. Well, you got Insomniac at the helm, done good stuff so far. Mm-hmm. Creatively, it's from over there. Yeah, I'm I, I'm digging what I'm hearing so far. But of course, like with anything, I want to see the gameplay before I am wholly bought into anything. Um, I just, I just know how you all do your PR now, you mm-hmm. know, so I don't trust you until I'm starting to see final products. Um, yeah. So that was about it with that. That was all I saw, but I just wanted to, you know, chat with you about that and see what you think. Cause I think it sounds like it could be uh starting to shape up to be a pretty fun game. Oh, yeah. I'll be I'm excited. My eye on it. Um, and then I don't know how you feel about this. Um, you probably saw the update, uh, that evil dead is getting a battle Royale or splatter mm-hmm. Royale, um, as they're calling it coming to, and also the game's coming to PS plus too on February 7th. So if you didn't have it, nice. um, and you have PS plus, uh, February 7th, you can download it. Um, uh, so everyone's a deadite, 40 players dropped into one of the maps, uh, splatter it out to be the last demon standing. Um, and then they're also putting in a new DLC called immortal power, which includes Lucy Lawless's Ruby, mm-hmm. which is nice. So a new survivor character. Um, uh, and then it looks like the rest is just a bunch of cosmetics, um, like for Kelly Pablo, the El Jefe version of, mm. uh, Bruce's character, um ash jesus christ why didn't um and then uh the puppeteer demon class is getting um a new king of the white frost outfit too so it sounded like a lot of cosmetics and then ruby yeah i don't know that i care at all about the battle royale version like even a little bit but if you like that game mode and you like this game there you go now you can do it um i think the pc has already been playing it hmm. the, the the battle royale version because i feel like i've been seeing some tweets about people talking about how ruby's way too op and breaking everything so i guess there's gonna have to be some balancing made she has a buff that i guess if you also pair it with one of ash's characters buff like it's just it's too op they're gonna hmm. have to go back in and doing some tweaking so there you go and you're dropped in and you see a bunch of rubies you know what's going on um, uh, moving on though, game preservation was being chatted a little bit about this week again. I noticed as um Microsoft announced forty six games will be getting delisted from the Xbox three sixty marketplace, which 
360, you think about it, sure. Mm. Um, also on February 7th, oddly, is when they're calling it. Um, so if there's something on that list that you've been eyeing that you, for some reason, just want to own digitally from the 360 store, you better get on it. Mm. Um, you have till tomorrow, mm. the 7th, to buy yeah. it. Um, now, I'm sure there's some games on there that are backwards compatible with, like, Xbox crap what was it one and then the series so you might still be able to um it looked like a lot of assassin's greed games i saw two call of duties some og dark souls left for dead games mass effect splinter cell conviction etc if you were interested you can head over they've got them all listed on their website but um you know i always just get a little sad when i see those things i know the 360 was a very long time ago now at this point and there's probably not enough reason to keep them up i guess i don't know i don't know how much it costs to just leave something on a website like that like i don't know how much upkeep it requires um as far as money goes uh but you know with them laying off a bunch of people you know why would they spend the money to keep the game up on the marketplace so sure um i don't know that just always makes me sad i always i hate to see games going away uh is looking through nope yeah that's about all the ones that i recognize skate too <laughs> yeah um if you want to go for there but uh at, at least some of them that i'm seeing on this list you can't absolutely get for a different um console because i feel okay. like i've seen them all ported over at some point but i could be uh misremembering everything but like a lot of the assassin's creed games i feel like oh you yeah can find on today's stuff um and the Call of Duties, you'll probably never. Well, Al, you're probably on the newest one anyway, so why would you need to play one from 360? There's probably no sure. one playing it anymore, for all I know. I don't know how they maintain those servers. Uh, but well, well, well. <laughs> did you see that Matthew Lillard was cast in Five Nights at Freddy's? Three picture deal. Three. Spoiler alert, by the way, he's gonna make it through all three films was there was somebody else that got cast too uh missed it because now that you mentioned i didn't hear him but i heard another name and i thought huh but it was it was was somebody kind of i want to say like huge huge but i felt like wow really they're gonna be in okay like i was surprised they would have been in the movie (laughs) check it out here let's see who was cast so far Okay, I don't know these other people. Uh, but I was, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Matthew Lillard's kind of a scream king, if you will. Sure. Done horrors and stuff. Been around for, God, it's just so hard for me to believe it's been in our eyeballs for almost 30 years now. Matthew Lillard, Jesus Christ. I remember being such a little baby face in the scream movies and all that stuff, you know? Mm. And I was like, Matthew. Uh uh, but yeah, apparently three picture deal. He was on some podcast the other day, um, I think on Magic the Gathering, where towards the end of his little 20 minute interview, that's what he had mentioned was that he um, was cast for three pictures. So I guess we're at least getting three films from Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> um, Mary and, Stewart uh, Masterson. That's who I was surprised by. Oh, you know what? I had to go to the IMDb to see that. Oh, yeah. If you so, don't know who I'm she sure is. I'm a bunch of kids. 
Yeah. So, you know, that's going to be creepy AF if you just see like a slew of like children being cast because kids are creepy. Sure. <laughs> kids can be scary. Um, Heck, even this guy for some reason looks familiar. Josh Hutcherson. He's too young, though. Yeah. Isn't he, he Drake and Josh or is that am I thinking of somebody else? Oh, that, that was past my. No, time. I think I'm thinking of. Josh Peck. Uh, he was uh, Hunger Games, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little Hunger and Games And in The boy. Disaster Artist. Interesting. Okay. I never saw those movies, though. Yeah, The Hunger Games. Maybe that's it. Right. I never watched those, but I know his face. Right. Nah, maybe that's why. Because I never watched those either, but his face just looks familiar. I don't know. I'm looking at his IMDb now. I was like, one of these things will be the trigger, right? Where I was like, oh, yeah, it was that. So, but, oh, <laughs> Ultraman, I don't know what that is. Burn eight. Ultraman? Uh Ultraman, nineteen episodes. Is uh, he a Shinjiro. voice? Shinjiro. Oh, okay. Huh. Shinjiro Hayata, English version voice, it says. Interesting. Um, so there you go. All right. Well, maybe I've just seen him on interviews or anyway. Three pictures though. That was what kind of threw through my mind. Like, not so much maybe Matthew Lillard, because I don't know. That feels like a genre he would go into. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, like a silly slasher kind of thing. Uh, but just three films is what I was like, maybe I just don't really understand what the plot of the games are. Hmm. I don't or know. maybe they're making up their own thing. They could do that. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, why Since, not? That's, yeah. I, everybody I've heard talk about Willie's Wonderland says that that should have been the five nights at Freddy's movie. Oh, <laughs> that movie maybe. with uh, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Good old Nick Cage. Good old hmm. Nick Nicholas. Did you see that um that vampire one he's Oh, uh, Renfield, uh, yeah. Yes. I want to see that. Yeah. Oh, maybe you were the one who actually I did. showed me the trailer. I don't remember. But yeah, it looks just silly enough that I'm like, "All right, maybe this will be a good Nick Cage movie because you know it can go either way." <laughs> yeah. And I like I like Nicholas Nicholas Holt, the the guy that's playing Renfield. I think he's a good actor. Yeah, yeah. It just looked like fun. Mm-hmm. It just looked like fun, which is what I want. Um, last little bit that I have here. Well, I have two little things here. Um, and I was just looking around on this because every time I see like the Sims trend for controversy, I always have to dig in because I'm like, really, what? What could it have possibly done as a life simulation game, you know, where you're just playing dolls, basically? Um, so I guess because it landed up on like one of those right wing news sources, too, where I'm like, the Sims? Am I am I seeing this right? Well, they do a lot of free updates, and I've noticed over the last several years, which has been phenomenal, they've been doing a lot more inclusion updates and stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, they've made it to where now you can be gender fluid, you can put in your pronouns, you could do all these things. Again, people, just keep in mind, these are optional things. You don't have to tick them on. You don't have to push them in. Um, I do know with the sexuality update, I'll just call it that because I don't remember what woohoo update or whatever they wanted to call it in there that you can pick your preferences or if you're like fluid or something apparently Mm. that cannot be turned off which people got mad about um but ea is like where the sims were well you can't turn it off in real life so you know i guess they were just mad they can't romance whomever and they won't just automatically be in on it or something i don't know you didn't have to update i guess and just stay at that last one um but they added some other um, DLC or new features or whatever in the game where you can now have like top surgery scars, if that's something that you wanted to, to reflect for you. Um, they've also had a lot of different ways that you can make your body type, you know, again, to just be you, if you want to put mm-hmm. yourself in the game. 
Um, so yeah, that's what it was. It was just a bunch of controversy running around about how The Sims is now woke. Um, and <laughs> and as I was reading, I was like, for one, I bet you these new sources probably never even heard of this game. And I hate to break it to you. I played it since the very first one back in 2000. <gasps> you could always be in a same-sex relationship. I hate to break it to you. I don't know well. if you remember way back then. Now I know this is taking it that step further where you're being more inclusive, but we didn't have all of those features in video games back then to, you know, it, it was basically what just pixel art faces and it had, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> there was real, no graphics to be seen. Um, so yeah, I just thought it was so funny because once I heard that and then the whole like Xbox being woke with a power saving feature, I'm like, guys, what? Hmm. It's a power-saving feature. I bet every single dad who got mad about that yells at their kids for leaving a light on. Yeah, but you're I, gonna be upset that they put a power-saving feature on the console. I'm like, for the life you know of how me, much energy those things draw these days. Yeah, your bill will go up. <laughs> I could not wrap my head around that story because I remember so many times growing up, turn the light off, turn the light off. Guess what? I do the same thing too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would uh, yeah. you be mad at power saving measures? Because they're just, I think they're thinking anything to do with helping climate be in a better spot just means we're garbage or something. I don't know. But um, yeah. So yes, yeah, their news says, you know, the Sims has gone woke. You know what that means. Whether you know what it means or not, he urges your readers to put down the Sims 4 and pick up a Bible. Because that's okay. helpful. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. I, uh... Sorry. I just always like to call this out because I'm like, I don't know. I guess please go play your gay sins on the woke box one and really give it to them. The woke really box do one. it. <laughs> but um, anyway, I just thought it was hilarious. But again, all of these features that have been added in, they are in your game. You do not have to put them on your sim. Yeah. Just saying. You, you, you don't you have to. You can make to. yourself. You don't have to use those things. And if it really bothers you, then don't update your game. And it won't get added. Just stay offline for the rest of your days. And what? you'll never get updated. But. I don't, I don't even optional. want to get into it. I don't want to get into yeah. it. because like, I'll these... never understand why they get so upset over optional things. Because I even saw the stuff with Dead Space. Um, and I'm sure you saw that last week too, where they had the, uh, update of dead space, the remake Hmm. added a feature to where you could be warned if, I don't know, like real graphic, gory, anything would be coming up as like a trigger warning. Now, again, an optional feature you could turn on and off, but I'm watching people buy it to like, just put it online. How stupid it is. Like you kind of owned yourself. So you drop to the 70 bucks or whatever, just to make fun of a feature that you have to actually turn on because to my understanding, the game loads up with it already off. So you are actually going out of your way to turn it on yeah, to create controversy or whatever. Um, does it seem a little bizarre to put in a game like that? Kind of. Cause I feel like you would know what you're up for. If you're wanting to play a scary game like that, like, it does take the element of surprise away. I will say every time I saw it pop up, like just so you know, this is about to happen or whatever. But again, it's your game. Yeah. If you have more enjoyment out of having that warning, then put it on. But the base game opens up with it off. 
So just don't go out of your way to turn it on. You know what I mean? It's like just making fun of the fact they're making it more accessible for other people. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think bothers me about all of these things. That it's just like, just shut up and don't use it. Yeah. There's a reason they're called options. Options. Yes. Options. I watched it, a gameplay with it on there. Yes. I found it popped up way too often, but it's a Dead Space game. Everything's gory and gross and jump scares and stuff like that. So maybe you shouldn't play it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But yeah. but again, you want to put <clears throat> your money down on it and you think that's the way that you're going to enjoy it is to be given a little bit of a heads up if it's going to be something that you maybe mentally don't like to have as an image in your brain, then so be it. Buy it. Turn it on. You're a human that can make your own choices. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but that's about... All that I saw, um, other little thing, and I don't know if anybody's been playing it. I saw that Back for Blood developer said it's ending its development on Back for Blood and just kind of focusing on um, their newest game that Turtle Rock is doing moving forward. Uh, I feel like I just heard a lot of hard times about that game really getting off the ground and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I played it a couple of times um, with some people, and it was fine. I feel like it was a lot yeah, because... I don't know. Maybe I just didn't have the patience to go through all of the different trees and allot all my points every single time. But there was just so many cards, so many specials, so many things that you could put it into and all this kind of stuff where like Left for Dead, you did have that, but nowhere near. I guess it didn't carry over as much. Maybe that's why. Um, But yeah, I don't know what that means for the game, though. Like, are they mm. going to leave servers up for y'all to play or something <clears throat> like that? Um, or if it just means nothing new is coming to it, we're done, we're moving on, and we'll maintain it. But uh, if you were playing it, it sounds like you're not going to get anything new and <clears throat> moving forward. So, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Well, I got two little tidbits. I don't know Ooh, if you saw these. Uh, one, Sony released a beta program for their system playstation 5 system and while there are a handful of features that they're trying to test out on this beta program one specific feature that i am so excited about is they're now going to allow you to update your controller wirelessly so if there's an update for the controller oh i missed that we just keep saying notify me tomorrow for like a month yeah exactly (laughs) Like, it's all the way over there, man. <laughs> I mean, I've got it in a drawer, but I, I sometimes I had actually had to get on to people in my house for using it as a charging port. And I was like, no, no, do not touch it. I said, because this is the only cord that will allow that to update. And I said, and if I cannot find it, I cannot like update it. plugged into the PlayStation. Well, I've got, I've, I've got one in the, the bedroom one is constantly connected because i have no other charger for it so i've got that one but i still don't want to lose it so i'm like do not touch it leave it be that's just the only thing i could do to remind me because i have a really bad problem with object permanence like Mm -hmm. if it's put away somewhere that i can't see it it no longer exists and like i'll never know where it is so i have to leave it plugged into the thing so like it stays in the playstation it does not get removed from the playstation and that's where it'll live until it dies and we have to move on. Like, hey. that cord will not move because as soon as it does, yeah, we no longer have it. But there are uh, a few other details that I've just completely forgotten about. That was the one that actually just stood out to me as like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Okay, so I did kind of find that weird that we were still having to do it. Yeah, wired I know. It just with it. like it, Wi-Fi. Hello. Exactly. So, <laughs> so hopefully that'll go over well. Uh, I I've actually got to uh, set it up because I got I got an invite to be a part of it. So hmm. I need to I need to back up my my system because they recommend that and i thought about it and i was like that's probably a good idea probably might want to do that just in case start on the one you don't play as often maybe yeah maybe the bedroom one or whatever just in case something goes wrong you're like well i still have it on my other one yeah that's true i didn't think about that (gasps) good idea good idea anyway i'm used you could tell i'm used to losing stuff because of tech (laughs) (laughs) i'm like do i want to do it over here and the second thing that i saw and i don't I don't really know how I feel about this because it bothers me a little bit. Granted, I can say that I don't recall coming back to a lot of games, but this feels like one of the reasons I was paying for the service to begin with. Mm. And that is apparently the PlayStation Plus collection is coming to an end. So they are not ready. No, this will be the ones that they offer every month. Like the ones that you were supposed to keep every month. So as long as you were paying for it, you have these games. Right. So now they're not going to do that anymore. You're oh, just so like you only get it for the month. To my understanding. Mm, and Sony, what you doing lately, man? That's what I now. I'm trying to understand what they're doing, uh-huh. but if you're going to remove the games that I previously took. As, as part of this collection and take them away from me, then I'm going to be a little upset. I almost don't know that I'd want to... That's kind of the bigger draw to paying for it yearly, in my opinion. Sure. getting the games. Now, I realize it's only while I'm paying the service, but... Right. But still. I've actually gotten rid of some physical copies because they wound up on PlayStation Collection because uh... I thought, well... It's in my library. I don't need a physical copy, and I'll just give this to somebody else. So if I wanted to play it, it's mm-hmm. there. But if they're going to take it away, then I don't have it. But again, am I going to... I don't know how I feel about it yet, because I don't know yeah. if I'm going to miss those games. Because I don't yeah. feel that I really dig back deep into my library all that often. Mm-hmm. So if I lose them, am I going to notice? Yeah, you know what I mean? Maybe. So yeah. I have to wait and see. I don't. I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure how that's going to affect me as of yet. Other people could be different. Yeah, I'm not the yeah. same as everybody else. So, well, it's always hard when they're taking away things they'd already given you. Yeah, yeah. And I understand they're they're setting up their own new system and everything, and that's that's all well and good. But guess what? I don't. I can't. I don't play games like everyone else. You know, so if you're offering me up a game I really want to play, but I'm hip deep in another game, and then yeah. it takes me the entire month to finish it, to come back around to this and be like, "Well, sorry, you had this month." It's like, "Well, sorry, man, yeah. I'm, I just don't you're have fucking putting time." Out Fifty hour games. How many of these do you think I can blow through yeah. in a month? Yeah, like. I mean, I appreciate the variety, but yeah. I can't play every game every day. Mm-hmm. I just I can't. I don't have the time. Who does? So, yeah, I wish I had that time. Not enough hours in the day for anyone to do that, really. Unless you literally only do gaming from up till night, you know, day till night. That was a weird way to say that. (laughs) 
funny enough, I've, I, as I was looking through my stats, I didn't even mention this earlier, but looking at how much time I've put into Death Stranding already, I was uh-huh. really shocked, but not surprised yeah. because of all the deliver, just just all the delivering and then shit. How picky you are with building stuff too? That adds time. That you know? and just feeling like I have this obligation to deliver shit. Versus mm-hmm. just playing through the game. And I was like, no, I've got to do this. But I'm you're go- allowed there. to play it the way you want. It's I know. there. And if that's how you want to do it, it's how you want to do it. I but if tell I- myself that every time I start a new game over, I want to play. I'm like, I'm allowed to just trash this one and start over. It's my but, game. <laughs> but it was about 120 hours already. And I was like, fuck, if I play. Uh, but it. Yeah. I started, what, back right about the time we, we went on break in December. And yeah. it's February. <laughs> And yeah. I've been playing it in well, spurts I mean, here and there, so yeah, it that's uh, it, what it adds did up. For me, Persona Five, it t- took me from when we went on break till I don't know what a week ago, two weeks yeah. ago, whenever I said I finally did it. So yeah, 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 right. Well, but worth it. Hey, do you want a story? I do. You know, okay. I like your stories. Well, I've got a good story, and and today's story may be one that people are familiar with, but I'm hoping that uh, I can add a, a few extra wrinkles into okay. it and, and maybe help keep it in your consciousness because I feel that there's some elements to this story that I want to I want to point out some things that uh, nag me a little bit about it but mm-hmm. in honor of Black History Month which we have never really done here on the show and that's that's my fault I've never really thought about it in that way but uh, I thought it would be fun to pay tribute to some of those people who were pioneers in their industry and perhaps Absolutely. did not get their due yeah. and I thought, what was more American than taking things from black people? Anyway, Mm. on December 1st, (laughs) I'm sorry, that was a joke. (laughs) It was. Anyway, on December 1st of 1940, Gerald Anderson Lawson was born in Brooklyn, New York, to a longshoreman and a local government worker. His father, the longshoreman, had always had an interest in science, yet never really pursued it as a career. However, his grandfather did, in fact, work to pursue a career in physics, but it never materialized and found himself working at the U.S. Postal Service instead. And considering the time period, I guess we could probably surmise what put the brakes on that. Anyway, I digress. I don't want to get down that hole. Because of that... Jerry's parents worked hard to ensure that he received the best education possible. When it became apparent that he, too, had a deep interest in science, he was spending his days reading science fiction novels, he was tinkering away at whatever electronic devices he could get his hands on, like ham radios and even television sets. In fact, he became well-versed in mechanics so much that he started his own TV repair business as a teenager. Hmm. Sure, wonderkin, man. Pretty damn impressive, if you ask me. Even more impressive is that at age 13, Jerry had acquired an amateur radio license, which led him to build his very own radio station in his house with the spare parts that he had. Damn! Yeah! This guy was uh, a genius. Jeez, yeah. Nice. The original remote work. Right. (laughs) But... Being on the radio wasn't really Jerry's passion. It was just something he did to Mm -hmm. kind of test it out. Why not? It was just the marvel of invention. That was his Mm -hmm. passion. To create something from nothing. 
Now, this passion led him to Queens College and City College of New York to continue his studies, but seeing how he was largely self-taught, they really couldn't teach him much more. So he felt like he wasn't getting anything from them because he already kind of knew what to do. I so, got to this already. What else you got? <laughs> so he decided to forego the degree, and he set his sights on Silicon Valley, which wasn't quite what we think of today, mm-hmm. but it was in in bloom at the time. Yeah. You know, it was okay. the seas were there. It was like yeah, starting oh, yeah. to be known for yeah. it. This is this go. is the place to go. So Jerry found his way to Fairchild Semiconductor, a company that made exactly what you think they made. Electric shoes for kids. But no, I mean uh, semiconductors. and wheels. (laughs) So Jerry began working for the company in 1970 as an applications engineering consultant, then to field engineer. At least that's what I assume, considering I found conflicting reports as to what he actually did at the company. Hooray for shoddy journalism! Woo. No one can get their facts straight. <laughs> I even heard a third one. It's but always been that way? Yeah. What? Now, during this time, the first, quote, depending on your history, and you know what I'm talking about if you know your history, the first video game was released to the world, Pong. Okay, the man responsible for this creation was Alan Alcorn, and he met Jerry while he was searching for parts to build his game. Now, Alcorn had questions regarding a part that Fairchild sold, so they sent Jerry out to explain it all. This was the genius. This was the man. He knew all about electronics, and he was going to tell him how to I hope to he was still it. a teenager, because, like, you know how annoyed I'd get if some snotty teenager showed up telling me sure. how to <laughs> But at this point, if you do the math, he'd have been about in his 30s. Oh, so okay. All right. Yeah. We, we did a jump. It's amazing how fast yeah. we did a jump. Uh, so they, they kind of discussed it all out, and they quickly became friends, and Pong kind of became a new fascination for Jerry. He was like, oh, a video game. That's all right. What, yeah. can, what can this be? What can I do with that? And what made it even more interesting for Jerry is he had heard about a Pong machine somewhere in Sunnyvale, California, that some local kids had learned how to shock with a wire. And it would mess something up inside the machine and spit out all the game's coins. And the kids would just gather up all the coins and then either feed the game back and then get the coins back or just steal the coins in general and run away. You know, kid stuff. Kid stuff, yeah. (laughs) So Jerry looked at this problem as a challenge to overcome, and he began working on his own coin-op game in his garage because, hey, the man yeah, built a does. radio station. <laughs> right, Do you exactly. think a, an arcade game is going to be a, a challenge for this man? Nope. Hell no. Nope. So in 1975, using new F8 microprocessors developed by the company he worked for, Fairchild, Jerry created the coin-op title Demolition Derby which featured a coin defeat mode, which would prevent any coin theft trickery from the local riffraff. So he beat them at their own little game. And while this really has no bearing on the story, the game was eventually bought and distributed by Bally Midway, which, that's cool. They were one of the leading uh, distributors of arcade games at the time. Right, right. And it's impressive nonetheless when you stop and think about it, 
some guy who just built this in his garage and it gets picked up and distributed by all these other, by this big thing. But where it really turns here is the, uh, the head management at Fairchild caught wind of this. And they, they learned of Jerry's video game and they fired him on the spot. And thus was the end of this man's career. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. like the better not have. That would have been the <laughs> dumbest move you could make. You got such a genius. No. In fact, the company was so impressed with what he pulled off that the executive said, you know, we have a new position in the company. We're thinking about you, about leading, okay, because they want to get into video products. It was a new burgeoning thing at the time. And they said, mm-hmm. all right, so we want you to head this up and we want you to figure this out for us. And in fact, we've already got an assignment ready and waiting for you. That same year... Two employees of a company known as the Alpex Computer Corporation came to Fairchild with an idea. Video games for your home. Now, this was not unheard of, but it was how it was going to be played out into the the, the realm of, of home video games. Because it wasn't really a thing at the time, you know? Yeah. So they produced a working prototype they called Raven, which could revolutionize the home video game market. How, you may ask? Well, before the Raven came along, there were only dedicated game machines. If you wanted to play Pong, you had to buy a Pong machine. And then you hook that up to your TV, and then there you go. It's like the plug-and-plays you see at Walmart that you can get for 15 bucks that are just awful. One machine, one game. That's all you got stuck with. Mm -hmm. But the Raven was promising interchangeable software. And Fairchild saw that there was potential in that. But what they brought to them was just a prototype. And it really wasn't consumable or suitable. That was the word I was looking for. Suitable for consumers. (laughs) I got my words backwards. Backwards. So it needed some work to be viable for everyday folk. That's where Jerry comes in. Make this fragile little bird into a sturdy hawk and then send it into the skies. What can you do? Now, the key concept that had to be realized was interchangeable software. Okay, because they knew that there could be home games, but how do you make the game interchangeable for for consumers? So using the input received from Alpex, Jerry and his team cracked the code and they were the first to create programmable and interchangeable video game cartridges. The thing we all grew up with, or at least most of us, unless you were born after the PlayStation 1 and then discs became a thing. I I make it sound so terrible, but trust me, you you don't know the joy. Yeah. Now, in 1976, Fairchild's Channel F home console was released to consumers featuring two stick controllers, an eight-track-inspired game cartridge that sported a unique yellow color. It was very hard not to miss or to see. If you saw them, you knew. Yeah, yeah. Ah, fucking people are driving down the road. The console... <laughs> Damn people. You yeah, you got to hear them from my end. They sound so loud. I don't know if you can hear them. Anyway, the console is even noted for being the first console to allow players to pause the game. How novel. Huge. Yeah. I mean, really? (laughs) The console did very well at first. 
But then came Atari. Now, you may have noticed a theme on this show when I tell some of these stories. If there's a common thread of ruin in the industry, there's a good chance it's Atari. I was going to say, they put in a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You see, in 1977, Atari had studied this marvelous piece of hardware and made it their own. They came out with the Atari 2600. And while there's nothing wrong with a bit of healthy competition in the market, (laughs) Atari was targeting consumers in a way that uh, Fairchild wasn't. You see, Atari released games like Combat and Indy 500 and Street Racer. And then, meanwhile, Channel F had games like Tic-Tac-Toe and Math Quiz and Backgammon. Yeah. To be fair... Yeah. To be fair, Channel F did have a few action titles of its own, but Atari had really worked to improve their game's graphical capabilities to be more superior to Channel F. Plus, what did Atari do at that time and love to do and ruined the industry because of it? Well, they flooded the market with games. So uh-huh. it was just Atari everywhere, and people were like, well, what is this other thing? Don't worry about that Atari. Atari, you yeah, see Atari games? It's got all the games. Yeah, you yeah. don't need you don't need that other thing. Don't worry about that. Atari. By 1979, Fairchild offloaded Channel F to cut more losses because they knew they couldn't keep up. And before long, Jerry decided it was time to move on because, you know, yeah. it, he just had no passion there. They were they were kind of in, in dire straits and he he had nothing to do. So he just decided to walk away. But he still had an interest in video games, and he wanted to see what more he could do with it. So he formed Videosoft, and under his leadership, Videosoft would look to innovate video games in more new and interesting ways. And one such way that they did to uh, add a new wrinkle to video games was 3D glasses. I don't know if you remember the few rare 3D games that we actually got, but... Because of Jerry and his team at Videosoft, we had 3D games. It was a a novel concept, but still something interesting. I think there was one on the Nintendo 3D World Runner that always boggled my mind, and I never had any 3D glasses to play it properly. (laughs) Yeah, I don't recall playing them. Maybe I didn't. I mean, they were very rare, so it would be... It would be surprising if you did or didn't. I'd say more if you did. But yeah. that's the only one I remember. There might have been more, but that's the only one I can recall. Yeah, I just don't recall ever putting on glasses to play a video game. I might have. I yeah. just don't remember now at this point. Well, at least that one, they gave you the option to turn it off just in case you didn't have any. Which, yeah. thank you. <laughs> which was probably more... Probably a good idea. Frequent that people mm-hmm. did not have them. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, Videosoft lasted about five years and Jerry moved along to other endeavors. But even if it wasn't a success, Jerry had created the first black-owned video game developed company. From there, he fostered support for a new generation of black engineers to blaze trails and change the industry. And he continued down this path until his death on April 9th of 2011. And despite having been honored by the International Game Developers Association a month before his death, it was still almost a decade before I heard the name Jerry Lawson. Ah. And why is that? Well, 
I don't know if any of you recall, but uh, there was this documentary on Netflix in 2020 called High Score, which we oh, dedicated yeah. a very an episode to that very thing. Mm-hmm. And they discussed Jerry and the Channel F console. And it was very much implied, if not said outright, that Jerry never received the credit for being instrumental to the creation of video game cartridges. However, mm-hmm. if you were to Google his name right now, there are plenty of articles dedicated to discussing these contributions. Good. But if you pay attention to the dates, they're all new, as in coming um. out after the documentary. Furthermore, they're all very inconsistent with their facts. Everyone has a variation to the story. Everyone has a variation to a detail. And it's bothersome to me. There was the one rare exception that I found that was an article printed about his death. And it was a paragraph. That was it. That's it. That does was he have it. Any surviving family that could fill in the gaps. He or? does. He ha- his uh, children actually did mention some some stories. But again, think about how long it took for anyone to even reach out and discuss this sure. and talk to them. Yeah. Recent, right conversations. So the children told stories about how he used them as guinea pigs to test the games. He would hand them mm-hmm. to them and he's like, "Here, try this. See what you think." So they were like play testers back nice. in the day. The the original QA. Right. (laughs) But we didn't know this until recently. Uh, Last couple of years. And it feels like now that the facts are out in the open, everyone can just go about their business acting like they broke the story of this amazing black man who was an innovator in the video game industry because everyone has the same story. Everyone's sharing the same thing, but all in the same amount of time. And while I'm happy to see he's finally getting his due, hell, even Google put his face on a on a little, uh, you know how they do those those special things sometimes. Oh, for like whatever is going on that month or day, yeah, or celebration mm-hmm. of yeah. They they celebrated him, thank you. But you know why why not right. before then? Why right. why now? Well, because <laughs> it's we a shame. No, I know, but it's a shame he never got to enjoy any kind of appreciation for right. those who really truly understand what his contributions mean to the industry he created video game cartridges right how many how many games did we all grow up with that use cartridges without that no atari nintendo my original games yeah all sega super nintendo yeah turbo graphics yeah video game cartridges because of him and his innovation think about it yeah, and I know would we have had at home gaming systems then. Yes, yet? or it would have all just been dedicated to one game. Like exactly, you'd have to buy several systems or something to do it at home. And I don't know how long that would have lasted. Exactly, that would have been too expensive, especially then. Mm-hmm. Now it, it's not to say that it would have never happened, but who knows what how long it would have taken? Who knows what the timeline would have been? Who knows where the industry I would have been? been. A gamer. Because it just wouldn't have been accessible to me as a child. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, without Jerry, who knows how long it would have taken to get to a more dedicated console for multiple titles. Yeah. I don't know. And I know... Atari. (laughs) 
I know I could just, I'm standing up here, some kind of white ally and that's, that's all anyone can really think of that I'm, I'm trying to champion, but I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to point out that we're talking about a man who went unrecognized for 40 years doing something that has become commonplace. Yeah. Okay. This, this was for half the, the, the lifetime of video games as we know them. Cartridges were the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the I, only available option that I can recall growing up. Right. It wasn't yeah. until the late 90s where disc based media became more prominent. We mm-hmm. saw the birth like and Sega growth. CD. Yeah. Uh, CDs, yeah. DVDs. It was really in the late 90s. Granted, I, I know before someone wants to point out. I understand that CDs were a thing prior to the 90s, yeah. but they really like became... PC games, we had CD-ROMs and stuff like 95, 93. Right. Yeah. They, they became more prominent and, and big. Like, that's where they really took off. Like, they became more affordable and they were more right. commonplace. Well, even your computers still had the... Um, the floppy disks, sh- yeah. Floppy disk. the... yeah. You didn't even have a disk drive until mm-hmm. then, yeah. So, mm-hmm. But I just feel like this is unfair for this yeah. man to have never been recognized until after his death and that he never got to see this type of the accolades that he deserved. And we can do yeah. better than this if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. So all I'm saying is here's to Jerry Lawson and the path that his innovations created. Because without you, who knows where the industry would be today? Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for giving me my hobby as a child growing up. Absolutely. Because I bought them every month (laughs) down at the pawn shop. I know I've talked about that. And I was allowed to go buy. Yep. Buy my games. Well, fun. Well, great. Well, that's our show. Mm -hmm. Then that's our show. You can hit us up sometime on Twitter. It's Super Mega Crash. Or go to Instagram to view the weekly icon art. Steven puts his time and love into. Uh, You can send us an email to supermegacrash at gmail.com. You can also support the show by liking and leaving reviews on your preferred podcast app. And even by going to patreon.com forward slash pencil and paper productions. And if you just want more content, head over to youtube.com forward slash pencil and paper productions for more. And we're doing great at Discord. Come join. Come join the tomfoolery and, and nonsensical conversations that we have fun with each other. Uh, links are in the description below. Thank you so much for listening. I am Lacey Finley. And I'm Stephen White. And you can join us again next time, Super Mega Crash Siblings. But until then, game on. This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.